ready? Wait for it. Haven't you people ever heard of closing the goddamn door? No, it's much better to face these kinds of things. Blue sense of poison rationality. I chime in. Haven't you people ever heard of closing the goddamn door? No, it's much better to face these kinds of things with a sense of voice and rationality. Are we doing the intro? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening to our ensemble musical there. Oh, we're so good. My name is Rajiv Nathan. His name is... Martin McGovern. We are the founders of Idea Lemon, and this is the Discover Your Inner Awesome... Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. podcast. We're on an epic six-week road trip around America as part of, well, as part of our businesses and as part of our podcast. Idea Lemon, yeah. Idea yeah. Lemon stuff. As well as in partnership with the Under 30 Experiences. We are in Portland right now. Driving into Portland right we, now. Yeah, we just left Beaverton. We had a really kick-ass conversation with Jason Bay, the Jason founder Bay. of Gen Y Success. He's empowering millennials. He's learning about millennials. He's doing big things consulting-wise for companies. And we talked to him about... How do you know when you've made it? Really cool conversation because it's something that I think a lot of us think about a lot. This idea, oh man, I need to make it. I'm going to make it. Am I making it? We had a conversation about that. It was real. It was fun. And what happens when you've made it? Do you have another made it to make? We talk about all that shit. So <laughs> we're going to dive into that. In just a second, before we do, as Martin mentioned, our road trip and this podcast is in partnership with a kick-ass travel community called Under 30 Experiences, and I love calling them a community and not a company because they are just that. They're a community to the point where we didn't even know when we sat down with Jason, but he's been on an Under 30 Experiences trip just like we have, and we were like, wait, so we're part of the we're same Facebook group. We're all part Facebook of the same group, Facebook alumni And we group. had something to connect on right away. So check out under30experiences.com. We're doing cool things with them, and they've been kind enough to toss you, our listeners, a promo code so you can get $100 off your next booking. So if you want to go to a place like Iceland, Ireland, Machu Picchu, Belize. Bali, Belize, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and more, use the promo code IDEALEMON, all one word, IDEALEMON, for $100 off your booking. Again, that's at under30experiences.com. We love them. They love us. It's this big, happy family. Woo, and you'll love them, too. Miles. Take <laughs> and that's our map. On the left. She's not involved in and all And Selena Gomez is playing, so we have to get back to the radio. <laughs> so we will dive right in now. This is our conversation. Again, this is the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. Conversation with Jason Bay in Portland. How do you know when you've made it? Let's listen in. The more, the less of a wall you put up between you and whoever you're trying to talk to, and the more accessible you make yourself, and the more yeah. human you make yourself, the more people latch onto that. People want to know that there's other people out there who are relatable. It was like Michael Jordan gambling, right? As soon as people <laughs> figured that out, it was like a big deal at first, but they're like, oh my God, like Michael Jordan's a human being. Yeah. He's not like, you know, like the Like Mind commercial or Gatorade commercials. Well, he has many. Jordan has many flaws, most yeah. of which I overlook. <laughs> I was reading this article, though. He makes $75 million a year in endorsements or something yeah. crazy like that. It's yeah. Insane. Well, he's a compulsive gambler, uh, <laughs> obsessive womanizer, uh, many other things. But he's the greatest basketball player of all time, so I'll give him, I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of funny that even when he is endorsing things, though, 
it's he's always endorsing himself, not the product. Yeah. It's so like you'll notice, like in the Hanes commercial, he's never like saying you should wear Hanes. He's like just turning labels off, like or and he probably doesn't even wear Hanes. Well, exactly. And in, <laughs> yeah. in, back when it was like his shoe commercials, he was never like they were like Jordan, is it the shoes? And he's like, Nah, it's not the shoes. Like yeah, <laughs> no, but that's isn't that crazy? Like yeah, it's like his way of endorsing is by just saying I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah, and these products actually don't help me. But yeah. you should buy them anyway. You should yeah. buy them anyway. Like, that is really funny, though, that yeah. the, the Air Jordan commercials, they're like, you know, is it the looks? No, it's not the looks. Is Spike it, Lee. Know, is it the, is yeah. the towel yeah. or whatever? And he's like, is it the shoes? No, it's not even the shoes. Like, money, it's got to be the shoes. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's not even that, but buy my shoes. Yeah. And the Gatorade commercials, him just laughing at people who suck at basketball. Playing <laughs> <laughs> little kids one-on-one. Yeah. Well, you know what? He... He redeemed himself by defeating the Monstars. Yeah, I was going to say. In Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed to come out of the Space Jam too, apparently. With LeBron. With LeBron. With LeBron. I think that'd be cool. Like, well, he was pretty good in that movie. That's what I heard. I haven't kind of seen it, but I've heard he's pretty good in that. So he's yeah. really natural. I mean, he seemed more natural than Jordan did on Space Jam, actually. Really? Yeah, Jordan kind of had this little Jordan's, awkward... Yeah, he is kind of awkward. Yeah. yeah, but Jordan had to pretend people were there. LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> but, if he, but if he does Space Jam too, he'll have to pretend as well. Yeah. Right? He'll actually just put Amy Schumer in there just to like talk yeah. through the scenes. That's Wait, funny. is Amy Schumer? That's Trainwreck. He was in Trainwreck. Oh, I didn't know she yeah. was in that movie yeah, too. Yeah, he's okay. like the funny best. She's the main character in Trainwreck. Well, I've, I saw one commercial for it and I don't yeah. remember it. That's a good one. Um, good. No, but the, the, so the, on the LeBron front though, what's interesting about gaining so much success and everything is Someone like him. So when that news release came out, it said Warner Brothers is looking into a new Space Jam or Space Jam Two using LeBron James. Someone posted on Facebook like, "This is ridiculous. He's just following in Jordan's footsteps again. He can't even come up with his own original movie. He has to do an animated movie and at that a part two of what Jordan already did." And I was like, "All right." Can we just back off this dude's nuts for a second? Like, yeah. if someone threw you $75 million and said, make a movie, do you think you'd even question who made it first or anything like that? Like, can like can he live? Yeah. Which, my response to that is, do you really think you give a shit what people yeah, <laughs> are yeah. saying about him possibly being in this movie? Yeah. It's like, your friend posting that on Facebook has no impact on the press. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But and to this whole idea of, like, making it like right like as you get more success it's like once you start getting haters then you know you're doing something right that's it like what you said there's a really good point and like if you're if you don't have people that don't like what you're doing or don't dig what you're doing i feel like you're not putting enough of yourself out there if people don't like you you can't be all things for everyone that's that's what i love about lebron is that you love him or you hate him really there isn't any in between people really like him or they really hate him i really like lebron you know, but all the shit that he's dealt with, like, look at all the pressure he's had to, like, quote unquote, make it. Yeah. The kid was like the chosen one in high school as a junior. He's watching this crazy documentary. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen it or Is not. Is it the one that had the Drake song as the, yeah. the theme song for it? Really cool. I haven't just, seen it, but yeah. I can imagine that type of pressure. And then for him to, you know, I remember this commercial his first year in the season, they had this commercial where he, like, freezes up. He pretends to freeze up at half court. <laughs> I think that's what everyone thought he would do with all that pressure. But I was a recent interview that I saw with him. I was like, he mentioned something about accomplishing all his goals, and he's like, I've already accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. Now it's just proving myself over again. And like to what you said, it was kind of like him saying, 
says about me. Yeah. Yeah, it's well because I'm doing what like I want to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm on the fence of, or I'm on the side of, I really don't like him as a basketball player, just purely like out of Bulls fandom and yeah. rivalryness. It's so a really legitimate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I appreciate the hell out of him as a player. I think he's the best current player, hands down. I won't say he's better than Jordan, just because I can't live with myself if I say that. I don't think so either. Jordan's <laughs> the best there ever lives. Exactly, exactly. All right, see, we got basketball. Yeah. yeah. Martin, Martin, sports. <laughs> I love that we're talking sports, and I get to talk sports like this with a lot of people. Um, but I, I totally understand what he's trying to do, right? And mm-hmm. the fact that, yeah, he's gone through, he's, he's taken a lot of shit. And to the yeah. point where, you know, the whole decision thing, right? Yeah, he fucked up. And I gave him shit at that time, too, amongst my friend circles and on Facebook and all this stuff. Really only because, like, he basically shit on Cleveland on national TV. Yeah. Instead of, you know, just doing a closed-door signing with the Miami Heat. But even then, and this goes to the point of like people, when you're doing things well enough, people will find anything to pick apart. He took all the money from that TV special and donated it to Boys and Girls Clubs of America. And everyone overlooks that fact that, okay, he's this egomaniac. He has this big TV special to say he's going to sign with the Miami Heat. Okay, yeah, but he donated everything to charity because of his big ego or because he has a presence that can attract that much attention. Yeah, and didn't he just pay for like a hundred twenty-one scholarship? Yeah, that's, that was the interview. That tuitions. Tuitions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, he's doing stuff crazy. like that, and I think it's it's easy to overlook those aspects when you're in a position where people can pick apart something about you, right? Like my criticism of LeBron is, I'll be like, he flops a lot on the basketball court, and that's really about it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Uh, but anything outside of the court, I'm like, okay, no, he's just doing what he, he like. He understands he's a brand, and he's doing all the things that he needs to do to build that brand. And just by pure numbers, he's going to get a lot of people who love him, like you said, but also people who are going to be like, who does this guy think he is? And that's where I think that's when you start to like get the whiff of um, you can say you're starting to make it. I think when people start not liking what you're doing, because a lot of it comes out of People won't admit it, but it's like, oh, I wish I was doing that, but I'm not, or I I can't kind of thing. Well, I think the big thing, too, LeBron is such a great example of wanting to make it, because every sense that I get from him and watching the interviews and watching him play, like this last finals, I know that they lost. That was the first time I saw that look in LeBron's face was this playoffs and and like the first three games of the finals where he was just like going to take over. That amount of intensity, when you think about it, as long as he's been in the league, he already had a couple of rings at that point. It's like, what's another one? It's like that need and thirst to want to prove yourself Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. I don't think he's ever going to have a point, much like Jordan, where he feel like he's made it. I think he's constantly trying to make a name for himself, and I don't think that that really ever ends for a guy like that. Right. Yeah, well, and I think what's cool is, you know, once you make it in one area, it just opens up another slew of areas to go make it in, right? So... He did so well in basketball that now he does charity. That now uh, he's coming into an area that's more relevant to me, which is movies. And, so, he's, and he's a legit actor. Yeah, and, he's, yeah. and he's not bad. Gonna, yeah. And if he has that drive in his eye, he's going to make this a thing. It's not. It's not the Hulk Hogan. I'm going to do a couple Manny movies and my career's going to end. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be. Uh, Terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Manny. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> a little bit of favorite. Uh, but, 
Like, it, that's the thing, though. If, if he has that drive and this is his new, I'm going to make it, then you yeah. better damn believe this guy's going to do it. Yeah, and with someone like him, too, it's what I think also makes him interesting is no matter what he does, even though he's, most people agree he's the best player out right now, he still is always having to play that underdog role yep. because people are always comparing him to the other person who everyone says is the best, which is Jordan. So I think for someone like him though, but that keeps him going, right? Like, and I don't, and I think he's even said before, like, I'm not Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. But the fact that people are still going to be like, you're not Jordan is giving him that extra motivation to be like, well, let me see how much I can prove to you regardless. Or maybe I am better than Jordan. I'm going to do whatever I can to show you that I am better than him. I would love to see, I would love to have a conversation with him like this or go out to the bar with him <laughs> and, and ask him how much of that is internal versus external. Like, how much does he feel the need to prove himself to other people versus him finding out what he needs to do in order to be happy in life yeah. and just doing that? Because, like, the Miami thing and the decision, who knows how much of that he had to do. Like, that they made him do or offered him so much money for publicity or whatever. Like, you never know. Yeah. But, like, part of it is he wanted to go do that. Like, he wanted to win a championship, in my opinion. So, internally, like, I'm just wondering how much he does now for – to prove other people wrong versus just yeah. whatever he feels he needs to do in order to, right. to be complete. Yeah. And you know, he's at that point of fuck you money. Like he can, yeah, yeah. he can, I mean, he took a pay cut, right. To go back. Yeah. To, I think I mean, he's making a lot of money, but he took a pay cut to go back to Cleveland yep. and so they could build a better team around him. Well, and I, I, I really like the point you're making about intrinsic versus extrinsic reasoning, right? Cause you mentioned the phrase, who does this guy think he is? Right. And that happens as soon as you start trying hard at anything. So if you think, yeah. like, the first time you, you know, stood up at the spelling bee and friggin' spelled something right, and someone's like, who does this guy think he yeah. is? Try, like, what, he's better than me? Anthropomorphic? He's better than me? I know how to <laughs> spell cat. K-A-T. K-A-T, yo. <laughs> it's like, and suddenly you, like, it, it's this constant, like, People, if you're trying at anything, people will constantly look at you and say, who do you think you are that you get to do this when only the, only that, you know, 0.01% of people in the world ever succeed. And if you're the type of person that's like, well, this is the one thing I'm going to go after. Well, then you, who are you to do this? You're, you're the person that's going to do this. And that's, that's amazing. You bring up such a good point there because I was thinking about this the other day because my little sister who's visiting right now, she's going to be a senior in high school. And she was just talking about all the things that she's very, very mature. She's very, very on the ball. And it got me thinking about all the times that, you know, you're in high school and you got made fun of for wanting to be successful or wanting to get good grades. There's people that like will bring you down for wanting to be successful. And it's a very cliche thing to say is that because they're, they're, they're jealous because they're not willing to go after themselves or, or risk that. Right. Yeah. I just made me really think back to school and and how important it is to like surround yourself with like positive people, you know, especially as entrepreneurs or business people or whatever, like surround yourself with people that are going to like cheer you on when you say, I want to go do this crazy road trip or whatever it yeah. is. Like people are like, dude, that's badass. Like surround yourself with those people. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned in the last like seven or eight years is just like slowly getting the people out of my life that don't support what I'm doing. Or that are those negative people that just like suck life out of you. Yeah. Like just getting slowly getting rid of those people. I, I'm like laughing as you say mm-hmm. that because that's like 
So you know, we teach workshops a lot on lifestyle design and personal branding. And one of the things we often say, not only when we talk to people, but even when Martin and I are just talking to each other casually, we've had so many conversations and talked to so many people, this idea of building the right circle of people around you because the wrong circle will drag you to the fucking grave and you yeah. will not ever do the things you want to do because you're so scared of what they're going to say in like backlash at you versus we say we're going on this road trip and we have so many people who are like, oh my God, that's amazing. How can I help? You know, like like Matt being like, who can I introduce you to or any of that stuff? It's or like like Ali, my yoga teacher, being like, I'll, I'll awesome put you in touch with, with yoga teachers around, you know, whatever cities you're going to. Like that's, that's what great. I like is what our world is filled with is the people who are supporting our, our ideas. And if they're not, it's in a constructive way. Is it intentional? Yeah. Well, so you know, I was having this conversation with my dad a couple of weeks ago. Um, yes and no. Uh, naturally, by nature of what Martin and I started doing, we started to naturally build a circle of people around that and the other people just fell by the wayside. Yeah. So like, you know, I have a good number of like college friends and high school friends who I don't see very often anymore. And it, it wasn't like, I was like, okay, I am making a decision today and they are gone. <laughs> it's just like the more of the stuff I'm doing, you start to see it doesn't align with the things that yeah. they want. And that's fine. It's not for them. What I'm doing is for me and I'm going to find more people who are of that mindset so it's more like as you start doing more of what you want to do, you start to see who else is on board with this mindset and this type of idea, whatever you want to call it, and the other people will naturally fall by the wayside. Now, what we teach people is to be more intentional about it because if I was intentional about it, I probably could have shaved like a year and a half or two years of like being like, oh, this is really weird. Like, why aren't I why seeing those people? Why do I feel so crazy? Yeah. Too? yeah. Right? As an entrepreneur, you're like... When you're around people that don't run businesses, you're like, you feel freaking crazy. Yeah. When stuff bugs you or when people bug you. That, when they're <laughs> complaining about things. Yeah, that and don't you're just matter. like, okay, everyone needs to vent, but you're just complaining now. Like, I have a solution for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you have a solution, or you know what the solution is. Like, stop You just bitching. don't want to act on it. That's, yeah. That's the thing. Well, and, and I think going back to what you were saying, like, I was very intentional at certain points, um, especially when it came to leaving certain jobs uh, because of the mindset that came with it. And so I think when it comes to surrounding yourself with the right people and pushing forward into maybe a new sort of lifestyle that enables you to make it, um, there, there are definitely levels to it. And I think one of the cool things about where we're at now is there's the active kind of you've made it which is like i have this goal right i'm gonna launch this product and once it's launched it, i'll have made it and i can say i have a podcast now, right yeah something like that and then there's like the the more kind of around the perimeter kind of made it where you're like oh i'd like to do this thing and suddenly five people come out to help you and you're like whoa i did not realize that i had this reputation or i had that power behind me yeah. ready to support whatever ideas that i so a lot of that then comes down to the right relationships, right? Because that's when people come out of the woodwork, like out of nowhere, in a good way. Yeah. You're like, wow, I didn't realize I had this many people in my life. And whether I think it's something that you should be conscious about and active about and picking the right people. Um, but it starts to like show, the benefit starts to show in, in little ways that are unexpected. Like it's not like, 
you build this good network and then you're like, all right, network, hit me with what you got. <laughs> it's like, no, like I want to do this. And then people are like, I know who you should talk to or, or I want to get involved or yeah, I want to get involved mm-hmm. all that stuff. I never understood the power of a network until like this year, like 2015, I made a big goal to connect with like one, like what I call a power connection, like okay. per, like a per month. Like I want to have 12 of the type of people like a Matt Wilson, that is someone that aligns with my goals, that has a business that aligns somewhat with mine. And as far as attracting the same type of people and connecting with those people and building a relationship where I can, I can actually offer those people value. I'd never done that before. The seven years before this, before 2015, I had a, a job and there was a lot of people. I didn't need a network to do well at my job. So I never networked. I never went out to a networking event. I never did any of that type of stuff. And since I've been really intentional about it, I had that question at first too. I'm like, well, what's the benefit? Because there's so many podcasts that talk about networking and how to reach out to people. And they don't really talk about how that's necessarily helped them, except for they tell you, Tim Ferriss will say, you know, Jack, whoever it was, helped him write the four hour work week or get right. the agent or whatever. And you hear that part of it, you don't hear all the other benefits, right? right? You hear the big book deals and stuff. But one of the biggest things for me is like you were saying is like, now I can, like I can let people like Matt or who else know, hey, I'm going to be doing something. Do you know anyone that might be able to help me to do this? And yeah. that's like the power of a network right there. I didn't really thought of it like that. It just never really occurred to me. Yeah. It's really weird. I just, I never really knew what a network was or why it was important or anything. Well, because it's just, like, never it's, it's this like, like nebulous out there yeah. concept, right? Like, and I think a lot of people shy away from it because it's like, what, 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 I have to be so formal. I have to have a network. Yeah. Just have friends. And it's like, no, these I are all people that who are friends, too, right? Too, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's a business term, network. But it, it's just, it's the idea, I think, when you think about it as a network, it's like, who, what can I do for them and what can they do for me in return? Um, it's more <coughs> like, like, Mark, we've talked about this before. You have to earn someone's friendship, for one. Like, growing up, you don't have to earn anyone's friendship because you're all in the same structured, like, school system so yeah. by by i was in the backyard f- mud you were in the backyard mud yeah <laughs> we're friends yeah it's, it's that kind of stuff right you happen <laughs> to be like five feet away from each other hey you want to go play yeah okay like and that's yeah. how you become friends after that you know school thing probably college is the first time that it really starts to happen because you can take any number of classes and you have to be really active about like meeting people um from that point forward it's like you have to earn someone's friendship and not only earn their friendship but then you have to earn the right to keep their friendship too. Yep. And and this is, you know, this is part of like the whole certain people have kind of fallen by the wayside in my life and yours as well, Martin. And I'm sure yours too, Jason. Um, because it's like, just, I, I don't agree with this idea that you have to be lifelong friends with everyone. I, I, I kind of think more about like people are in your life at certain points for certain reasons. Yeah. And for some of the people who, you know, I don't see as often anymore or anything like that, it's like we weren't holding up our we weren't holding our respective ends of the bargain here. Just because you know we have at one point we said we're friends doesn't mean that like we're forever bound to each other. And if we're not doing anything to support each other, are we really friends? Like if we're trying to think about the true like what we what we value as a friend, if we're only ever getting together and we just make fun of each other whenever we get together, because I have plenty of those, right? Is that really something that's of value on both sides, or is, and, and is that a friend, or is that just a person who happens to be close by? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. The 
you know, like the whole theme here, you know, finding out, like knowing when you've made it is, I think it's a lot of it's defining what does making it mean to you yeah. and like your close circle of friends. Like, are you the type of person, like I was reading this article today on extroverted introverts and huh. I was like, I'm totally that that's person. probably you. Yeah, that's me. I'll have to send it to <laughs> like you guys. Right in the middle. Like oh, I like resonated with that article so much because one thing they said in there is that you don't really have packs of friends or the group of friends you go out with on a Friday night. You have really, really close individual relationships with people in different circles. I'm like that's totally me. Yeah, high school all. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I, I think it depends. You have to define making it for yourself, and I think it does start with who you surround yourself with. Like, what type of people do you want to surround yourself? Do you need those drinking buddies? Right. If you don't need them, why the hell are you spending so much time with these people that are bringing you down? And that was a big revelation for me. It's like, I, like I'm like i Mr. Nice Guy. That's something I've been working on a lot sure. these past couple of months is being, not being so freaking nice all the time and <laughs> not being afraid to say no to someone. But you have such a lovely smile. <laughs> <laughs> that you, thank you. Uh, that you don't want to hang out with or that you don't want to spend time with. Like being able to say no to those people too. And because I really, I love what you said about you having to earn friendship and all this stuff. And, and for me, my issue actually was that I had to check myself if someone wasn't reciprocating, not that you do it for the reciprocation, but if someone is, if you're going out of your way to help someone just because you like helping them and they never, ever do that, there's a certain amount of time that passes by you're like, okay, is this person just sucking value from me or, or is it a mutual? It's like, it's like a leech versus you want like a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, learning to say no. Yeah, and at the same time, knowing who you're doing that to. So like, that's a big thing. Yeah. One of one of the things that I've noticed, uh, looking back at friendships, like I'll check out kind of because I'm not not because I'm like oh screw you. It's it's more so like I'm working on this thing and I'm really interested in this thing and I'll disappear for a few months. And uh, people be like, I haven't seen you in like three four months, and it doesn't mean I'm not good friends with them, but it does mean maybe I should take a look at my part in this friendship. So yeah. like uh, Heidi, who's been on our podcast, like there have been long stretches of like three, five months where we haven't talked to each other, but then we just pick up right where we were because yeah. we know when we are in the room together, we're really great friends and we help each other out and have great conversations and so on and so forth. Um, and so that's one of those friendships that you can let kind of have gaps and yeah. still come back to. But then there's other ones that you let have gaps and maybe when you come back, you're like, oh, wow, this I'm not really sure what to do here anymore. Uh, we have no interests in common. Um, is it is is it something that I'm not bringing to the table? And if so, maybe I need to let you know that so that I can kind of keep doing my thing, you keep doing your thing, and we're not going to be mad at each other. Yeah. We're just going to be like, oh, well, that's just kind of how things have been progressed. But it's so more on the Heidi point of your friendship with her. I kind of feel like everyone, like if you talk to anyone, they will always tell you like their best friend or friends are more like the ones who are like, you'll always people say, say like, Oh, you know, I love that person because even if I don't see them for six months, we just pick up right where we left off when we do see each other. Yeah. And I think punching them in the face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that probably, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're some dysfunctional friendship. <laughs> hey, could you see actually, us? She's actually in an underground boxing ring. <laughs> like Fight Club. Man. The first rule is that you're not supposed to talk about yeah. that. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Man. Yeah, we weren't supposed to talk about that. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? It was the best friends that you. Yeah. Okay. But that's more, I think, what you want to. And I don't know if it's necessarily something you can 
actively like think about how do I get into a relationship where it's like there can be gaps and it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But you can start to look at like what qualities do you want out of people and what qualities yeah. do you want to bring to other people because that's how you start to get more of those types of friendships and relationships. The ones where you can not talk for a year or not see each other for a year, but when you do, no time has passed. Yeah, I love what you guys are saying. I think the the big thing, it's kind of like dating when you think about it, is what happens naturally without you having to do something. Like when you go on a first date with someone, is it very natural conversation? You just sort of talk, or do you feel like you're having to constantly bring up things or ask lots of questions <laughs> or be someone that you're not? Because that best friend, that type of person, for me, it's like uh, my best friend is a guy named Barry who, like I said, I don't, I don't talk to him every day. Um, I was best man in his wedding, though. We don't talk every day. We'll talk maybe once a week or once every other week. But the whole picking up right where you left off thing, I think, is just you don't – if it just comes natural and you don't have to force it. See, the, the way this applies to networking is when I first started doing it, I identified specific people in my space, millennial entrepreneurs that I want to connect with. And what I found is like, I'm kind of forcing it. If I can't figure out how to provide value to this person or their personality, I just don't really get along with. This yeah. is not someone I could shoot the shit with, with like this. Why am I trying to build a relationship with them? It's totally fake if I try to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think just knowing in your gut that it's either natural or it's not. Chemistry's there or it's not. Dating with the opposite sex or same sex friends or business, whatever it is. If it's not natural, like don't force it. There's so many other people out there. Like you don't have to force a relationship with someone. Absolutely, and actually that reminds me. Um, maybe a year ago, uh, when I was doing a lot of like workshops and talking to people about the average of five and doing a lot of stuff with that, I at one point categorized. Like I just went through. I wanted. To, like, everyone was talking about CRM at the time, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. So I got to learn this. And one of the things I did was like, Oh no, I'm not keeping in touch with people very well because I'm. You know, I kind of get in my own head and disappear for a few weeks at a time. Get ready and, for your mind to be blown here. So, so what I ended up doing was I came up with this idea of like, if you think about your world literally, this is the earth, right? And you have your inner core, which is like the molten lava in the center. Those are the people you see on a, on a very regular basis and interact with a lot. Then you've got the outer core, then you've got the mantle and the crust and the atmosphere and then outer space. So outer, outer space are the people that maybe you went, you know, you dated for a little while and you're like, I never want to see that person again. <laughs> the inner core are the people that you want to like really keep in touch with a lot. Yeah. And so like I did this whole thing, created this whole thing, put up, like categorized everything. And then a week later, never looked at it again. Because at the end of the day, the people that I interact with and the people that I'm friends with, I'm already doing it. Like, yeah. it, it's natural the way you say. And so like. It's funny because when I showed that spreadsheet to people, their heads exploded and they were like, you're an insane robot. Yeah, it was. So did you categorize everyone? No, in yeah, it was, yeah, it was fucked up, man. It was <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, you I literally would, like, I want to see the list. It was like, <laughs> no, it was like, like Terminator, like filtering. Like, <laughs> Why do you cry? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a salty discharge. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. It's like oh, at man. the time, it was it was a fundamental exercise, <laughs> and I think I did it more so to keep myself in check. Like, are there friendships that I'm not stepping up to? Kind of how I was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. and it did. It called out a few people that I've been like, oh shit, like I should really reach back out and be like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, but in the just long term general sense of it, it just was this. It was a fun exercise to do, and it was crazy and stupid, but. 
at the end of the day, the the natural friendships and relationships I have are the ones that continue. And like, regardless of whether or not I made that spreadsheet, I showed it to a lot it's of. It's very cold. Yeah, it's very cold. Well, I showed it to a lot of the inner core, and they they thought it was nice. But uh, <laughs> I thought it was strange. You might have been strange. But I'm still here. And like that's that's kind of the whole point though, is like really at the end of the day, that's it doesn't hilarious. you can try and, and be strategic, you can try and reach out to people, you can try and force things, but at the end of the day, the natural connections are always gonna come to the surface and those are the people you're gonna spend time with. So to that point, so Jason, you talked about it should just be natural and all that stuff. And Martin, you're saying with the spreadsheet, the people who are natural, it didn't matter that there was a spreadsheet, right? Well, the spreadsheet yeah. was unnatural and that's why it didn't work. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, fair point. What I think happens a lot, so this concept of how do I know when I've made it kind of thing, right? When you start to actively think about, I need to be making it, that's when everything becomes unnatural. Yeah. Because you get into like desperation and like grasping for straws mode versus uh, like, like, let's take dating, for example, right? You can tell when someone is desperately trying to date or desperately looking for a date or even desperately like in search of marriage and that scares people off. I used to do that, man. Like I used to be that really? guy. Yeah, because I'm such a I'm single now recently, but I'm such a long-term relationship type person mm-hmm. with everyone that I come across. I try to have that and that's what I found out about myself. I was like, I, I'm like being that dude on a date. Like yeah. I'm being that guy that like weirds people out. It took me a little while to figure that out because until I had it done to me, and I was like, God, it was like a revelation. I'm like, I'm actually doing that to other people. Can you a certain amount that of it like has how to, it was done to you and how that made a certain you change. Think a certain amount of uh, a certain amount of like this natural thing is like being able to shoot the shit with someone. I really believe that you got to be able to do that with people that you're close with. You know, yeah. for it to be like a good relationship. And I think what happened to me was. When someone starts, the first time you meet them on a date, this happened two weeks ago, okay? So when the first <laughs> time you meet them on a date and they start asking you questions like, so what are you looking for in a partner? I'm like, dude, that's, that's the so most weird. unnatural question It's like they're ask. going through the Match.com like, profile yeah. thing in their head. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Like, that's what I wanted to say to her. I was like, that's just fucking awkward, okay? Yeah, like, that's... Partner? Someone who rides horses. <laughs> yeah. The word partner I thought was really funny too. Yeah. But it was like so unnatural. Like, the conversation up to that point was like, okay cool, like, you've done this, I don't want to get too specific with it, but, like, okay, you've done some cool shit with your life, here's what I'm doing, we're having a nice conversation over beers, and then all of a sudden it went into that specific, what are you looking for, and, like, getting so scientific about it, I'm like, oh, this is a turnoff. <laughs> yeah, it's a major turnoff, and I was like, you know, it made me realize that, you know, maybe there are times where I'm doing that to other people, maybe not necessarily in a dating situation, but networking, you know, meeting someone for the first time in a business, you know, type of relationship, too, where it's like, Build a connection with that. Because part of the that article that I'll send over to you guys was how extroverted introverts don't like small talk. And I'm not a really big small talk type of guy with someone I don't know. It's people I know, I can shoot shit all day and talk about yeah. random stuff. But if it's someone I don't know, that's not a big part. That's something that I've found is like I need to kind of do more of that with people I don't know and just open up and just be a person and build like a rapport and get to know them as a person instead of as a relationship, like a business relationship or partner right so weird this is making me question like i'm a massive extrovert but now i'm starting to question am i a massive extroverted introvert because i also cannot stand 
small talk and I hate like platitudes and these like yeah. contrived like how's the weather there and all that stuff. It's like, dude, really are we talking about the weather? Right yeah. Now? Like, <laughs> well, and I, but I think there's there's slight differences. Like you are able to do it very easily if you wanted to do it. Small talk. Yeah, I okay. think I think you came to a point where you made a decision that small talk was dumb, <laughs> and I'm not doing I'm it over anymore. It. <laughs> You're like, this is done. I'm, yeah. I've had I've had this same conversation enough times. Whereas like I would say for me like. We both walk into a room, right? Yeah. I get anxious because I don't know about sports and yeah. I haven't read the latest newspaper and I don't know this person's gonna ask me about the weather and I'm not gonna ah. <laughs> like like that's the kind of I don't okay. like small talk that I experience. Which is why when we walk into rooms like this, I'm going through the computer and you're starting the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of I think All I don't right, know okay. if you're the same way with that. Same exact way. Like the my I I do quite a bit of speaking for for uh, for what I do with business, and I will get uncomfortable in front of a group of thirty people or yeah. a couple hundred or whatever. Like I can speak in front of those people, and I, I podcast. Obviously, I'm not afraid to talk to people, but networking situations still scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Like it's like totally, it's pushing myself outside of my comfort zone so much to go to a room, not know anyone, yeah. and have to just spark conversation up. And that's been a huge learning process for me. And a lot of what I found is. You know, kind of what you're hinting at is just how, like, just being aware of how you come across to other people and, like, your body language and, and all the other stuff. Like, are you an inviting person to go up and talk to? And it's yeah. no different than on, like, on a first date or first meeting someone. Like, are you are you inviting that other person into your life for a little bit, at least a snapshot? And I found out that I, that's not something that I was, that comes very natural to me. Yeah. I was having a great conversation with my dad last time he was in town a couple weeks ago about how, Growing up, he really pushed to be that quiet, humble guy. And I was like, I like being the quiet, humble guy. But I was like, at the same time, what I wish I would have done more and been taught at a young age was just how to communicate with people and how to ask for things when I want them. And you can still be humble, right? It's like that quote, you know, humble people don't think less of themselves. They think of themselves less, right? So they think less of themselves. Like you don't have to be the quiet guy that's too afraid. And like I told you at the beginning, I'm a nice guy, like guilty of it. Like you don't have to be afraid to go out and ask for things that you want. You can still be humble and be a loud extroverted dude out there talking about, you can still be humble. That's been like a really big revelation for me in like the last year or so, you know? That's really interesting. And I, so I think, I think there's a mass understanding of introversion. A mass misunderstanding of, of introversion. Definitely. Because most people think introversion, they think this person does not like people. And that's not what it is. It's more of the, there are certain interactions where you get anxious about or you have to really think about how you're going to approach them. So like, you're right. I am still an extrovert. I'm not an extrovert introvert because I can walk into a room and not feel any sort of like pressure. Or like the way you're like, awesome. I get to talk to the way people you, I don't know. The way you yeah. talk about a first date is not how I think about a first date. So, so yeah. the, you say like you sit down and even if she's not interesting you'll just entertain yourself for the night. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Basically, you're, you're like you're like oh this is a boring conversation. I'm just gonna talk about what I like to talk about. <laughs> talk talk talk. Uh, whereas like I sit there and I go what is going wrong? Why am I not making this better? What questions can I ask yeah. you? How do I fix this date? How do I make this better? Um, and and that's when things are going wrong. But like even just going into it, and I've actually learned a lot from you in this respect. Oh. But like that's the thing. It's like this is these are extreme things that we're talking about. Like the worst case scenarios. 
like on a general day to day basis. It's not like I walk into a room and I'm crippled with anxiety and have to run away. Ah! Yeah. Like I'm not like yeah. pulling a cape and like yeah. <laughs> disappearing. But like uh, you know, it's just the it's kind of the the body language stuff. When you when I walk into a date, I have to physically think about what I'm doing with my arms. Yeah. Like I normally do this, like cross my yeah. arms, but like. And I was doing that the other day. I'm like, oh, shit, no. Like, seriously, open up. Like, be more aware, I think. It's like, you seem like a pretty happy guy, too, right? I'm a pretty happy guy. I forget to smile. I forget to smile sometimes out in public. I'm like, I was, like, getting groceries the other day. And Castro asked me how I was doing. I was like, yeah, I'm doing good. You know, whatever, right? And it was just like, wow, I must have seemed like the biggest dick just then. But it's because I'm in my own head. Thinking about something completely different. I'm not there. See, and this is funny, because, like, that happens to me all the, like, the, like, Starbucks barista or whoever yeah. cashier will be like, how you doing? I'm like, I'm fantastic. Like so many times, and you've been with me, I'll be like, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? How, how the hell are you? And I don't like it doesn't even cross my mind to be like, I need to think about doing that, or I I like I'm am I closed off or anything like that. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll sit down like, with my smoothie and be like, Oh, I was a total asshole. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'll be like, I'm alright with that because I don't know who that person was. <laughs> I think that, like, I like what we're talking about here because I think it's it's helping kind of just come full circle a little yeah. bit. And that knowing whether you've made it or not, you have to understand. I think yourself first, like all the inner stuff, and understanding whether or not. I don't think you're in either an or when it comes to introvert or extrovert. There's definitely mm-hmm. mediums in between, but understanding who you are and like accepting that. So, like, a lot of it is just how you re-energize, too. You know, an introvert re-energizes, like, I like to, I need a day to myself every week where I just sit upstairs over here, you know, and watch Netflix all day by myself. You know, that's, like, I need that every day, or every week, every day. Every Uh, every day. day. I just sit in my room and watch Netflix every day. But, like, just being able able to internally know uh, what it is that you want and accepting that, that's been like really big for me and I'm st- it's still obviously something I'm working on but just knowing who you are what makes you happy and just totally accepting that and not letting people influence that from the outside whatever you know that is that you want to be happy go do that I know that sounds super cliche but just be around people that are going to support the lifestyle that you want the freedoms that you want whatever it is that you want to do like surround yourself with those type of people so that you don't feel crazy. Like you don't yeah. feel bad for wanting to do the things that you want to do within mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. And that goes back to defining what made it means to you. Right. So for some people it's like made, it means getting this certain income or something like that, or getting this certain job title or something like that. Um, whereas for other people making it just means I found the people that I want to surround myself with, or I found the work that I actually enjoy doing or, there's so many different types of made it, and I think you you make it many, many times throughout your life. You, it's not like, oh, I made it once, and now it's downhill from here. <laughs> it's, it's, I made it in friendships. Now I'm going to, you know, I made it in my, you know, romantic relationships. Now I made it in my business. Now I made it in my family. Now I'm, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, you guys seem like very purpose-driven people, too, which is very common. People that run businesses, right? They're very purpose-driven. I, I couldn't imagine not having something, like some sort of purpose with what I'm doing, some sort of bigger reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. I think another example is I have a, a really good friend who is in that startup space, and I'm more of the lifestyle like tech startup? Yeah, like tech startup, yeah. mobile app development company. Sure. And he's like, wants to do really big things. Like he wants to grow this company 
multi-million dollar company, have tons of employees, wants to do big stuff like that, have big buyouts and big million, billion dollar acquisitions on mergers and all this other stuff. And I was like, that's cool that you wanna do that. I'm gonna support you. I want nothing to do with that. The last thing I wanna do is work 80 to 100 hours a week on a startup. I like lifestyle entrepreneurship. I like being a solopreneur, having a virtual assistant that takes care of some sure. of my busy work. I, I like doing that stuff and I like the freedom that I have. And that was really tough for me to just accept that and be like, when you start hanging around with people that are in the startups and doing all other stuff, like you get a lot of like, well, why are you doing this? Like, why wouldn't you think bigger? Well, I don't need to, this is big for me. Like, this is what I wanna do and I get to work on the stuff that I want and just totally accepting that. But then having friends like my buddy that is like, okay, that's cool. Like he appreciates that too. We wanna yeah. do two different things, but we're both ambitious. We're both have goals. We're both- And I'm sure you can support each other in different ways too. Exactly. Like the stuff you're doing in this arena can be applied what he's doing yeah, to help like balance him out and vice versa yep and we we've talked a bunch of times martin about like like we've joked so you know his your friend's goal is to like grow this like conglomerate get angel investors all this stuff right whereas we've joked like if we got an investment like we'd probably just literally swim in the cash because we wouldn't know, know what, what to do, do yeah <laughs> no idea it's really cool talk. Woo. Yeah. yeah it would be that and that's for us getting an investment is not even in our thought process of this idea of making it. Yeah, but at one time it was. At one time, I don't know if it was. was I I think at one time we didn't understand the difference. Sure. We didn't understand between the difference between starting a lifestyle business and starting and being like tech entrepreneurs. We just thought it was all entrepreneurship, and so we were like, well, you know, if what what would happen if someone offered us money, and and that's when we kind of came to it. And like even on Periscope the other day, someone's like, "Oh, you guys should be on Shark Tank or something like that." Right. Like, we really don't know okay. what we would do. Speaking on Shark of Shark Tank, Tank, I love that show. I went and saw a gal. She's from Portland. She went and spoke about her experience on Shark Tank, and she's in her. She she did get funding from Barbara Corcoran, or Cochran or Corcoran. Harvey's Corcoran. Um, and she's in her third year in business, and she's still working hundred hour weeks and hasn't hit her business and turned a profit yet. I'm like. I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> and she has to answer to someone else now. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, it'd be another maybe year or two before we turn a profit and I can start doing that. Five years? Are you kidding? That's what. That's cool, but I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. Like, I don't want nothing to do with any business that requires me to do that right yeah. there. I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> I want to... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I think that it's, it's really essential to understand that about yourself because... When I was, you know, working at my first job out of college, there were people that were totally content with that job, and I it blew my mind. I'm like, how can you be okay with working like this and not having like, you know, a purpose to your work or whatever it was that I was looking for but not finding? But they did have a purpose. They had different life goals than me, and that's what I had to come to terms with. It. It's not like one thing is good, the other thing is bad. It's just if you don't know what you want in your lifestyle you're not going to know what job or career or thing that you're going to build. And you're just going to end up doing something, taking on a lot of investments, or if, if things go well, hopefully taking on a lot of investments for you, and then realizing four years down the road, oh shit, that's not what we wanted to do. I think if you guys have listened to the Startup Podcast. Oh, I love that podcast. Yeah, the most love recent it. season, uh, there are these, you know, these women entrepreneurs who are creating a dating app, and they were going to create this huge, get, and they got funding and all this different stuff. But then at the end of the day, they realized that they just wanted to have a lifestyle business. Yeah. And so like this huge arc of ah. a season and they ended with like having to explain the difference between the two and be like, we should have just done this from the start. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think it is really essential to start there. Uh, I want to go back to Jason, what you were saying about the whole idea of being humble and the person who talks a lot isn't necessarily 
heard you phrase it, you were like, they're still being, it's not that they're thinking of the, less of themselves, they're thinking of themselves less, less. right? Yeah. So this idea of being humble brings in the, the aspect of like fame and that kind of stuff that comes with gaining success. Mm -hmm. Where do you feel you are on the quote unquote like fame spectrum? Like, what, <laughs> like what's your take on fame and like do you think... I've you, seen the musical. <laughs> do you think of fame. yourself as, as famous in any sense? No, I, do I don't think yeah. of it as like a negative thing. No, I do not think of myself as a famous person. I, I, I don't even think of myself as an internet celebrity. You know, there's so much of those now. Yeah. Um, for me, the really cool thing that started happening a couple months ago is when I get an email or two per week from someone that says, I listened to your podcast and it changed my life. I listened to this one episode with Peter Boog. I did what you guys said and I, my income grew by 20% last month because of it. That to me, that's the only reason why I do what I'm doing is to help other people make the transition I did from a job to starting a business and helping them realize that there's, like you mentioned, there's different styles of entrepreneurship. You don't have to go get a bunch of money and start. Like the first business I started a little over a year and a half ago was my own house painting business. Borrowed 25 grand from my parents and started. What I do now with marketing, consulting, and Gen Y success, I made money like the first day in business because I just had a client and I was trading my, you know, I was offering my services for, for money. So I think to answer your question about the fame thing, I, I don't think of that, not only because I, I don't really think I'm at a point to where you know, I'm getting brought up in a lot of those type of conversations, but I, you're, I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons if you think, think of that. I care about the right people listening to my show or finding me or finding the right clients that I can help achieve what we're talking about, helping them define what it is to make it for them and helping them execute on that more so than the notoriety. I just, I've never been a notoriety type of guy. As much as I like public speaking, getting in front of a, a room, I hate being in award ceremonies where I'm being given something. I'm just like, Ugh. like I don't even know what to do with my body when I'm standing up there. Like, what do I do with my arms? Do I put my hands in my pockets, you know? Like, oh, like it was, it's just, I, I just, just do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I just like I latch it to your belt. <laughs> I don't know. Does it answer your question? I, it does. Yeah. It does. Uh, and I think like, I agree, but I have different viewpoints at the same time. So like, I'm, I'd love to hear it actually. Yeah. yeah. And Martin, we talked about this in the car a couple days ago. The, 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 the good part about the road trip is we have a look. We have plenty of lots of life talk. talk. Yeah, <laughs> we have a book called um, what is it? The Book of Questions. The Book of Questions. That's cool. And it's just all these crazy hypotheticals. That are so like literally, like I was driving. It was like two days ago. He just like pulls out the book from the side thing in the door. He's like, "If you uh, could either lose a limb or be without technology forever, what would no, you choose?" It was, it was <laughs> either no access to transportation. Oh yeah. No access to technology, or you lose a hand. I pick lose a hand. When you say no access to transportation, not even public transportation, Nothing. like you're walking or No motorized transportation walk. exists. And then we say no technology, like, like nothing. nothing. No phones, no computers, nothing. So like electric technology or like is there still like kitchen stuff? Like still have like if you forks have a potato, and knives and shit like that, right? <laughs> if you have a potato, you can turn on a license. You no, have forks and knives. Yeah. <laughs> and it, was, it was telecommunication. That's a tough one, It was man. telecommunication. I'd probably give away a hand too, because that I can't. Because I want to make a living, like yeah. and I can't make a living actually without technology. So right. <laughs> I yeah. said I'd give up travel, even though I'm. I mean, they make fake hands yeah. now, right? Exactly. Yeah, they're prosthetics. Oh yeah. Oh, then I would just spend all my time dedicated to making prosthetic hands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Right. Anyways, to get back to the fame thing. Sorry. Yeah. Um, my approach to it, what we talked about in the car, was I was like, you know, 
I am never thinking about like, am I famous or anything like that. But I, but you asked me, like, do you think you're famous? And I no, think, you just brought it up randomly. You're like, I think I'm. <laughs> <laughs> this whole fame thing. <laughs> Is there a question there about fame? I'd love to be asked. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another, you yeah. brought it up. Yeah. And yeah like, so, did. do you think you're famous? And I said, I think I have a degree of fame. I think is what I said. Um, and when I say that, I mean the people in my world know me for something, and they respect me for something. And like you know, we get some media attention, which is great. But I'm like. I don't mean to sound like a dick or sound like conceited, but like sometimes I'm not even in a conversation and someone's bringing me up in a conversation that's happening, you know, 20 blocks away in Chicago. And that to me, I'm like, okay, so I have some degree of fame and the people who I want to know me, know me and are starting to recognize me. But I'm not, I don't use that as like a driving factor. Like, oh God, I need this fame. It's more of just like, I'm doing the right things. And the byproduct of that is people are noticing. Yeah, and that's and that goes back to the the desperation mindset, right? If you're doing something to get famous, that's when you're desperate and you're you're leeching off of people and you're constantly like, "Here's what I can do. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can do. Please accept me. Please accept me." Versus, "Here's what I'm driven by, and these are the things I'm doing." Eventually, fame. Exactly. Yeah. All that stuff is a byproduct, and it just happens. Um, well, and I I think a really great example of this is your first blog. I think you initially were like. I'm going to become a blogger, a famous yeah. blogger. And then, like, you were writing about things you didn't care about, and obviously it fizzled out. But now you want it to just be known for being helpful in your world. Yeah. And, that's, and that, in turn, because you put it out there, people now know that you help them yeah. if they know you. And that kind of a mindset, it, it's not really about fame. It's about having value. Yeah in your network or in your circle or whatever. And so your first, um, what was the question here? How do you know when you made it? Your first definition of made it is that the people in your life respect you for something or know you for something or know that they can get help from you for the thing that you do, mm-hmm. uh, help from you. And so that's your first definition of made it. Now you have a new definition of made it, which is, you know, meeting people for this podcast. If I'm able to meet people, then I'm making it, right? Yeah. Like, that's another definition. And so it just keeps kind of incrementally moving forward. Right. And I think what's really interesting if you talk to celebrities and stuff, the actual movies and the accolades and things like that aren't usually what they bring up, like, especially in comedians, crowds of comedians and stuff like that. It's the fact that they get to hang out with other comedians. That's That's what they love. That's... If everything else got taken away, all the movies, all the money, all the awards, but they still got to hang out with comedians, they're happy. <laughs> and that's what making it means. To yeah. them. I think to add to that, another big thing would be, and to use comedians as an example, is when you can actually do comedy and it pays your bills. <laughs> um, like yeah. Business is one of those things too, right? You can start a side hustle or you can do whatever you want or if you have a hobby that makes a little bit of money. Like when you actually... Get that to the level to where you don't have to do things that you don't want to do anymore. Mm. To me, I can't wait for that moment. You that's, know, that's and that's something really I'm very, very strategic about. Like with my goals, is getting to that freedom. I hate when people throw that word around, but I'm going to use it. It's like that freedom to choose. Freedom of choice, really. Right? It's like I can say no to this client because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. 
I dealt with one of those a couple of days ago for a business that I help and it like ruined my day, man. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I don't like, I don't ever want to have to say yes to a person like this ever again. Yeah. You know, am I getting to do the type of work that I want? Am I getting to work the type of hours that I want? Am I getting to make the type of money? Do I get to work from the place that I want to do it? To me, that's probably like after this conversation making it, do I get to live life on my terms? Because yeah. that takes a long time. Like being around those type of people or, or you're consulting is one of those things where you do a lot of crazy work as a consultant. All kind, Like I do marketing. It's, like it's all kinds of different stuff that honestly I wouldn't do unless I wanted the money right now. I would love to be able to say no to those things. Sure. Yeah. And Seinfeld, I listened to his Howard Stern interview. And that's, Jerry Seinfeld. That's one yeah. of the things that he said. He's like, I mean, he didn't use the word made it, but he said, <laughs> what Seinfeld the show did was give me the this life. The life to say no to all sorts of crap that I don't want to do. And they were like, why wouldn't you go create like sitcom after sitcom? He's like, because I don't have to. Yep. Right. And that's not what I want to do. I'm a comedian. If you're going to categorize me, I'm a comedian. All I want to do is do my comedy and he creates comedians of cars getting coffee and he has a lot of people said no to him when he went to them like networks and stuff so he ended up just going online and doing it and he's like because online it's all in my control i have full ownership and i can even all the way down to he gets to direct the commercials and so That's like cool. that kind of a thing it's his version of made it has nothing to do with the money has nothing it has to do with the power that comes with i have options so it's, it really sounds like it's coming down to freedom to choose what you would like to do. It's about having options and then providing value, right? It's the same thing, right? So you said you get a kick out of someone emails you by saying, hey, this podcast really helped me. Same thing when someone emails us. Um, like someone actually emailed us and was like, hey, because of your episode with Lisa Russell, um, I am now going to travel the world. I was like, cool. Like, I did like a fist pump when I read that. Yeah. Like, that's so fucking cool that because we had a conversation with someone that involved travel, that this person now is going to travel the world for three months or whatever it is. Like, that's the kind of stuff. It's like once you're able to provide value, or once you're, um, you know that you're providing value to other people, that's more of like the success idea and this idea of, okay, I'm doing something right here. Maybe I am making yep. it. Love it. So we are running up on the hour here. We probably I could probably keep going with this for like yeah. five hours, but <laughs> but to respect everyone's schedules, um, before we wrap up, uh, Jason, let our audience know uh, where they can find you, what you're working on, anything else um, worth sharing. Cool. I mean, if anything that I talked about today sounds you know cool, send me an email. It's Jason at GenYSuccess.com, and GenYSuccess.com is where my podcast is. You'll find articles. Uh, the, all the podcasts, a little bit about myself and anything that you want to find like that. Um, I also put together. You also a, find out that you're a Nickelback fan. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot oh, to yeah. you for that. Oh my god, <laughs> so, you're I a Nickelback, Nickelback fan. I don't care what anyone says. Oh man, I fucking love you just Nickelback. had to bring it up. <laughs> Wait, so let me ask you: when you don't have any photographs up here, but I do have a Nickelback uh, coffee mug. Actually. Oh my god. It oh says, uh, got Nickelback, question mark. Someone got it for me to make fun of me. Actually, actually. I love but, that. Uh, so whenever you're on Facebook <laughs> and you look at a photograph, does it make you laugh? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, you don't live the every single word of every song they've created. Shocking. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Back, but, back uh, to how they can find you. Yeah. <laughs> so I did put together a free toolkit for your audience. So there's, I, I always ask everyone on my podcast, I've had over 50 people on there now, um, what their favorite tools are, what their favorite apps are, favorite books, 
Uh, if you go to genysuccess.com slash lemon, you can find that in 50 wow. free tools. And then I send out emails uh, on a weekly and bi-weekly basis, just marketing tips, things to start a podcast if you want, helpful things to figure out who your audience is, anything like that, uh, genysuccess.com slash lemon, and you can pick it up. Awesome. And we'll link up to that both in our blog post and in the show notes. Cool. So that's it. Thank you for doing that for our audience. Appreciate it. Um, so to wrap up, then we'll go around the room. We'll start with Martin and finish with Jason. Uh, Martin, for the audience listening, how do you know when you've made it? How do I know when I've made it? I think in order to even answer that question, you have to understand what it is that you're going for in life. And if you're just kind of waking up and going through the motions of the day, really take a time, take time to step back, look at how you're living, where you're hoping this is all going, and who you're surrounding yourself with. And that'll give you a great basis for actually understanding what made it means to you. Because it's not going to be that next promotion. It's going to be something more intrinsic. Uh, my answer goes in line with the idea of the choice aspect that we talked mm -hmm. about towards the end. I'm going to steal a line from Kendrick Lamar here, where he says, uh, All my life, I want money and power so I can fuck the world for 72 hours. I feel <laughs> like you know when you've made you know you've made it when you can drop your pants <laughs> and like penetrate like whatever you're doing, right? <laughs> That's graphic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let, me, let me expand upon that a little bit. Well, when I say you can like drop your pants and like fuck the world, what I mean is you are at the point where you can decide, do I want to continue doing this or do I want to move on to something else? Uh, like, I'm sure there will be a point where we are like, you know what, we're done podcasting. Might not be for 10 years, but I'm sure there'll be a point where we're like, the podcast was a good run. We're done now, but we're doing that out of our own choice. Like we've gotten all we can out of it. We've came. <laughs> we climax with it, and now we're ready to move on to the next thing. We're ready to fall asleep and, and roll over. I hope that analogy. Did that get across? I hope that analogy yeah, that makes, makes sense. sense. All right. <laughs> and as people's ears bleed, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jason, I think simply, you know that you've made it when. You can live life on your terms. When you're doing the type of work that you want to do, you're able to have the type of freedoms that you want, you're able to spend the type of time with the people that are important to you in life. Like when you can do all of those things that I feel that's when you've made it. And step number one is just figuring out what the hell is important to you and then optimizing your life for that. Is money important to you? Okay, cool. Is, is getting to have a good social life important to you? Is freedoms to pick your work, whatever it is, like figure out what the hell is important to you and optimize your life for that. And when you get to the point to where you can do the things that you want to do and you have choices and you can say no, I think that's when you've made it. Actually, just to add on to that, I love that answer because a lot of people will work a job so that later on they can do what they want. So it's like, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer and maybe in 50 years I'll get to do what I want to do. That's cool if you really want to be a lawyer, but think about what it is that you're trying to get with that job before you start pursuing that path, because maybe you can get that outcome through a different route sooner. Yeah. I think one, actually, one thing I want to yeah. add to that too is you've made it when you're comfortable enough with yourself that you are comfortable going after what you want and just com with complete disregard of what other people outside of your very tight inner circle would think of it going against what society says, going, you know, I dropped out of college, you know, like going against what society says that you should do or what other people say that you should do, being comfortable enough to be like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go after it to the haters, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, Fuck the world. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the safer work. 
uh, version, <laughs> and thank you for the not safe for work version. I had the uh, hand signal though. Yeah. 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 Ah, oh my god, my calf just cramped up. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. End of show, End Jason. Of show. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Ah! That yoga this morning really got you. Oh man. my god. <laughs> all right, all right. That was our conversation with Jason Bay. Jason, thank you so much. And for everyone listening, remember, Jason was kind enough to put together a free toolkit for you guys, the listeners, available at www.genysuccess.com slash lemon. Check out that toolkit. I've already downloaded it myself. It's filled with a bunch of good resources. Remember, guys, you can follow along with our road trip at idealemon.com, where we're sharing our experiences along the way, as well as on Twitter, Instagram, and the Periscope app at idealemon. If you're not on Periscope, download that shit now because it's so cool. We get to live broadcast video of the stuff we're doing as we're doing it. It's really cool to interact with you guys while we're doing that. So we'll check in with you. We've got actually a handful more of episodes out of Portland we're going to share with you. So stay tuned with us on this epic road trip, and we'll be in touch soon. Check you guys.